The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guests tonight are the tag team Wasted Generation, Savage Youth, Sean Christopher, and Kevin Ryan. How's it going, guys? It's going good, my man. It's going good over here in Alabama. Last great, man. All right. So, um, you guys, uh, were you guys like friends growing up? Uh, no, we met through wrestling uh, a few years ago. We pretty much grew up through wrestling with each other, though. That's about as far as growing up as we can go. So, what decides you guys to get together to form Wasted Generation, and how did you come up with that name? <laughs> uh, so, like, I don't know exactly. I don't know if there's, like, a specific story of where, like, we wanted to team or anything like that, but we just started teaming at a couple of places in Alabama, and then it took off, and now that's pretty much all we do is team. And Wasted Generation, uh, the team name comes from uh, the movie Rockstar with... It's Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. My man. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, uh, Mark Wahlberg, rock star. Uh, there's a song from uh, Still Dragon that's called Wasted Generation. So we stole with us. I like a cool name. We definitely took that for our own. And plus, you guys are uh, the New South uh, reigning tag champs as well. So I bet you have a big target on your guys' back wherever you go. Oh, that's for sure. You got to say something, Kevin. Yeah, maybe do all the talking. I don't know what to say, man. I'm just listening here. <laughs> all right, let's go to uh, Kevin Ryan. Um, let's uh, hear about your story. Um, what got you to fall in love with uh, pro wrestling, and what um, you know influenced you to become a pro wrestler? Well, I don't know. Ever since I was younger, man, I watched it. My dad and my family grew up on it, and I was like, man, this would be really cool to do. Like, whenever I started, so it was like the age of four. So, like, weirdly, like it doesn't match my style at all. But like, my favorite wrestler of all time is the Undertaker. So, like, I watched him do this big feud in like 2004, and I was like, this dude is probably like the coolest person I've ever seen in my entire life. It's almost like how people relate to superheroes. So, like, I saw it, and I was like, man, this would be really dope. And then I started watching more and more and more. And then, like, by the time I was, like, 12, I was hooked. Like, I was I just nothing but pro wrestling in my mind. And so at about the age of 13, 14, I was like, man, I've got to do this. And then uh, I trained in 2015, and I've been busting my ass ever since. Um, how long were you training before you made your first debut in the ring? I trained three years. Three years. I did train three years. It's kind of a long time. It is. So you just did your blood, sweat, and tears training for three years. And then when um, when you first had your match, how were you feeling at that time? Man, when I first had my match, my adrenaline, man, that's what I remember the most about it. It was nothing but like a roller coaster. It was just insane the amount of energy I had and how excited I was going into it. And then... I don't know, man. It was just the part, the, the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. When I when I first stepped in that ring, I realized it was home. It's where I needed to be. So when you were uh, f- finally wrestling and all that, um, do you have a, a great moment in the career in your ring? I, you probably have a lot of memorable moments, but do you just have that one moment where you're uh, this? I can remember this forever. Uh, 
I have tons, man, but the one that sticks out to me the most is definitely when I won the Southern Honor Championship, 100%. It just meant the most. It's like I went in there one night, and I went through all these guys and the fans, man. It was just like a whole nother level. It was a whole different thing. It was insane, man, the, the amount of energy in the air that night, and that's a moment I definitely would never forget. Okay, when you guys uh, finally uh, first met in the ring, did you guys go one on one each other? Besides, you, before you guys became a tag team, uh, actually, we started as a trio like three years ago, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, about three years ago, we were a trio called Team Thrown Together, and then, uh, and then, like, dude, yes, that's a great idea. So, like, yeah, so we started as a trio, and then we kind of split off and did our own thing. And then we came back, uh, and I believe we started teaming in around this time last year, actually, was when we had our first uh, team match. Team match, that's a thing. <laughs> 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 our, our first tag team match. And ever since then, we've wrestled each other maybe uh, two or three times since then. Yeah, sounds about right. Mostly just uh, we've been teaming since August of last year. You guys were also the New Level Pro inaugural tag champs as well. That's facts. That's true. That's us. How was that for you, uh, um, defending those titles for a little bit? It was very different. Like, to me, like, being the inaugural New Level Pro tag team champions was almost like a glistening feeling. It was, it was amazing, man. It was like, it was almost, it was very different because, in all honesty, us, like, me and Sean Christopher are known as being really good guys, like, really sweet humble, party, energetic guys. Like, this was different because we had to be the bad guys in the situation. We had to be the guys that people didn't like. And a lot of people didn't take that the way we wanted them to. And, Sean, what do you have to throw in on this? Um, Yeah, it was definitely a change because uh, as far as pro wrestling goes, and in Alabama, it's like Kevin Rod and Sean Grist are the the best good guys you can get around. But then we get to deal with pro, and we're doing all the bad things. We're getting booed, and we're getting geared and all this kind of stuff it's the craziest thing you've ever seen it's crazier than a triple decker chicken sandwich <laughs> inflatable man that's a weird way to put it man see this know. is what makes we're the wasted gen- this is what this is like what makes the wasted generation different it's like we're so goofy and we're just like dumb and we're just here to have a good time man I love it man and also, Sean Christopher connects around the rings because we have that chemistry of just wanting to be these idiots who go around loving pro wrestling. It's it's like I just I don't get it, man. Because how goofy we are, it's like we're we're these guys that run around Walmart yelling "Shucky Ducky Quack Quack" for no reason. Like that's that's the idiots we are. But that's what makes the wasted generation who we are. Yeah, since you guys became the west the wasted generation, um, you get a huge pop from the audience as well. It seems like the audience love you. They're into us, that's for sure. I don't get how or why that they are, but we the audience is definitely into us because they, we're just like, we're like them. We're like, just down, like, down-earth people. We're just, with these, we're the exact same as these people. We're not anything crazy. We're just kids at the end of the day. Oh, I know. I can tell you guys as well. And um, another question I'm going to ask you, Sean, is um, you and Junior started New Level Pro together, and now you're just uh, wrestling for the show. Now you're not part running it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was not like any hard feelings towards it. I just figured it was time to to step down and uh, 
let him kind of do that, that, uh, like take the reins for himself. <laughs> and like, uh, we had a lot of like, we had some issues, not like us together, but like issues with people, uh, on the show. Uh, someone got on the mic and said, feminism sucks one time, which, you know, that's a no-go. You don't want to say that. Anyway, the politics are definitely not the thing to talk about in pro wrestling. So we had to get rid of that dude. And, like, I don't know. So I just I just took, like, a, a back seat and just let him do his thing. But we, me and Kevin Ryan still wrestle there every once in a while. We just uh, wrestled there about a month ago. We wrestled a tag team called IFHY from the Midwest. We wrestled those guys out there and had a pretty fun time doing that. And, uh, yeah, that's about all we, uh, all we do over at New Level these days. Yeah, I was wondering, um, if you were still part of it. So, um, um, when you were running New Level with, uh, Junior, um, when you guys first started it out and, um, bringing that promotion, um, was it, at first, was it pretty hard to do the booking and, um, get everything going? It was, it was a time. It was a rough time. Because it was like, New Level was so new. And it was, uh, and it was such like, it was such, and you had to like get off the ground and there's a lot of like people who said it wouldn't succeed and stuff, so you wouldn't <laughs> so much just see it and things like that. And you didn't want anything like that to happen. We're going to switch this up. Quick question for you, Robin. Go ahead. What got you involved in the Wasted Generation? Oh, what got me involved? Um, for a while, I've been watching Sean Christopher in his career. I mean, I've known Sean for a while. And then when I noticed you guys um i found out about you you know um you know i was looking around you know the you know find some new uh indie talent of tag teams because there's really not that many great tag teams out in the indies nowadays it, it seems like everybody either wants to be a heel you know and not a you're not not a good guy and um and it just seems like tag teams nowadays are not as serious how it was back in the day and then um there's a few tag teams i follow as well in the indies and then um one day i looked on sean's page and um i was like holy crap sean's with another tag team wasted generation so i went around checking out um what you guys were all about and um, i'm completely hooked and that's why i have you guys on tonight so i can share your story man um you got a fan for me from here I appreciate that. So, uh, one more. I have a quick question for you, Robin. Go ahead. What is your opinion on tag team wrestling on the independent wrestling scene? Like, what is your opinion on, like, do you feel like there needs to be more of it? Do you feel like well, we just, he just said there's not enough of it. Yeah, I said that. But, hey, let me reverse this on you guys. So, what are your thoughts about not, there's um, not that many tag teams in the Indies? Uh, What's your thoughts are not really pushing tag teams nowadays? I really think there's so many spots open for for tag teams, but it's almost like either those guys don't get the chance to shine, or when they do, they just don't take the ball and run with it like they should. That's how I look at it. Sean, what you got over there, mama? Hey, that was a good. Hey, that was a good question. Um, let's talk about some of the. Um, let's talk about the 2019 Battle Rumble. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, 2019 Battle Royale, yeah, I don't know. Me and, uh, me and Kevin were just announced for that, like, I think yesterday, or might have been the day before that, we just got announced for that. And, uh, we're pretty stoked. I, I've never won one. I know Kevin's never
at all. Hey, that's pretty good. So, so how do you feel about that, Kevin, getting a rumble and you're going to be going up against Sean? I know you guys are a tag team and all that. So are you guys going to go in it for yourselves or are you going to help each other and see who's going to win the rumble? We're going to go probably do the old 2K method where we throw everyone else out and put it down, put it down to us too. Because we've done that before with battle rumbles. We've thrown everyone else out and it came down to us too. And Sean just walked out. And <laughs> he, knew, he knew what was good for him. He knew what was good for him. That's not true. I dropped Um, you you guys also got in a, a ring with uh, Donnie Primetime as well. Oh, no. Oh, suck. Hey, Dave, friggin' trash. <laughs> What's wrong with Donnie Primetime? I'm talking times when I can count, for sure. Yeah, he's 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 pretty talented in the ring, man. You gotta love some Donnie yeah. Primetime. Sorry, the other day, he, uh, Kevin Ryan beat me one, two, three. <laughs> And that's, that's true. Donnie just ain't got it, man. Donnie knows he's getting his ass whooped when he steps on the ring with I probably shouldn't. I can't throw cuss words on here? <laughs> hey, it's my show, brother. Oh. oh. That's right. You heard what he said? Yeah, I heard the little cussing. Yeah, I heard it. Is that okay? Yeah, doing? go ahead, man. This is my podcast. Okay, bet that up. <laughs> it's the white generation, Sean. Hey, that's right. So, um, let, let's talk about some uh, teams you dealt dealt with in the ring as well. Um, let's start off with the Jungle Kings. Oh man, what a They're like the into our gang. Uh, Jungle Kings are our moral enemies. Exactly. We have the best. We have the best matches with the Jungle Kings, and they pretty much they screwed us over more times than anyone else ever. <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody, including Jerry the Giant. That's all didn't catch me. And that's <laughs> uh, so like I well here's the thing with me as well, is like I grew up in the area of Georgia in Ringgold. So I saw guys like Lex and Kevin all the time. Like I grew I basically grew up in my wrestling career with those guys in my fat Georgia with AWF with Paul Lee's promotion. I've done tons of things with the Jungle Kings even before I was in the Wasted Generation. So it almost has another chapter in the book of Kevin Ryan when it comes to the Jungle Kings. So, what would be your favorite match uh, against the Jungle Kings? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> when, did, when did we wrestle when they had the gloves? My favorite one, we had a match with them in November of last year. Uh-huh. Uh, it was the second time we wrestled. Uh, it, it was like, we've done like... We've done, That's actually a lot. We wrestled, that was the third time we wrestled them. Oh. Uh, no, that was the second. That was like, I got you. But... We wrestled them three times. We were supposed to wrestle them four times, but for some travel issues, we weren't able to make it for the, uh, the last two places. Uh, <laughs> but the first time we wrestled them, it was uh, it felt really good, and then the second time, it just built upon it. 
And the third time was like a gauntlet setting, so we didn't really have like enough time to build anything too crazy with them. But uh, we definitely, my favorite time we've ever wrestled was in November of last year. I can't remember the name of the event, but it was for New South, and I just can't wait to do it. <laughs> All right. And then you were, um, you guys also dealt with another team, uh, the <laughs> Kutu. <laughs> you guys dealt with another team, the Kutu, Akuto Deaf Society. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. You had it right. It was a kudo What was that all about? That's a Dory Prom. That's Dory Prom tag team. That's Dory Prom time and Chris Cross. That team is a kudo society at New South. They were the New South tag team champions, and we uh, we made them for it. We made them. We won't dance for it, and we came home with a tag title. Yeah, just a couple months ago, we uh, we won. We beat the team in a tag title match for. What was I trying to say? I, mean, I don't even know where I was going. We beat him in a table, ladders, and chairs match. There we go. Yeah, we beat him in a TLC match after Kevron Spanish Rock Chris Cronk off the top of the ladder for the table. That shit hurt, man. I'm gonna let you know right now that shit hurt. I bet it did with all the ladders and stuff. Heck yeah. Um, also, you guys dealt with, uh, <laughs> this is an interesting name for a tag team, Hashtag Millennials. We love the millennials, man, but we hate them at the same time. Exactly. Hunter Drake, Tyler Franks, and Sam Daly. Those are boys right there. Or Josh Rustani. <laughs> 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 we stupid over here on the podcast. Josh Rustani, Hunter Drake, and Tyler Lee are, are our boys. That's we right. We love those guys. But at the same time, we hate them. And we hate those guys. <laughs> so how long have you got, um, been feuding with those guys? Uh, right now, we're still, uh, we still we actually wrestled them this weekend three different times. We wrestled them on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So, I have a feeling this feud's never going to end. And I'm okay with that, yeah. in all honesty. It's all been, it's all been incredible. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good as well. Getting real millennials. Getting these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> okay, Kevin, when you're not in the ring... Um, Kevin, when you're not in the ring, what do you enjoy doing outside the ring? Man, that, that's, a, that's a weirdly valid question. So, like, I'll, there's nothing I don't not like doing, if that makes any sense. Like, I love doing everything. I love, rock, like, rock climbing, to go to the batting cages, to go to the trampoline things, to beat my knees, to do it. <laughs> yeah, I love doing whatever, playing 2K eating food I'm just like a normal everyday Joe like I don't have anything necessarily special I do outside of professional wrestling but I am like an adrenaline addict I would say so I like doing anything that involves me just going crazy and having the best I can <laughs> <laughs> and beat my meat. Oh, yeah, that's like, like it's, I'm telling you man I'm just one of these people who are just laid back chill and I just beat my meat. <laughs> nothing nothing, nothing. I giggle about the stars saying tonight. I am, I am a real amazing 2K player. Oh. Anybody who plays me on WWE 2K, that's a guaranteed L for them. I do want to throw that out there. I don't have many skills, but playing WWE 2K is probably the best one I have. Nice. Uh, so when you play, it, do you, um, when you play, it, do you go live and play with the other players, or you just have a bunch of friends over and challenge them? Most of the time, it's having friends over and challenge them. But if anybody wants to win, tell them to bring it. <laughs> I'll be my <laughs> 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 so 
Hey, now now I know why they call you the wasted generation. You guys are having so much fun right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. We're just enjoying this, brother. <laughs> I bet you are. Okay, Sean, what are you doing now these days when you're not in the ring? Uh, well, besides beating Kevin Ryan in 2K, <laughs> I have a feeling I know. Uh, besides beating Kevin Ryan in 2K, even though he says he's the best 2K player. <laughs> um, I, 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 Kevin Ryan. Yeah, dude, I beat, my, I beat Kevin Ryan at 2K all the time. And just beat on me. And we just, like, I hang out with Kevin Ryan and, and all of uh, our homies, and we just get together. He just me. Me and Kevin Ryan and my friend uh, Hunter Drake were the current reigning defending uh, beer pong tag team champions, so we do that sometimes. <laughs> we probably do that sometimes, you know? So, um, that, we just hang out. We, don't, we, like, we go to, like, trampoline parks. We go, like, I try to wreck the car and kill them sometimes. We <laughs> Speaking of beer pong, uh, speaking, you're saying you're a beer pong champ, huh? Uh, Do you guys have titles? Yeah, tag team beer pong tag team champion. Yeah, we do actually. What did the titles look like? Did you make them yourself or what? Well, the classic WWE Intercontinental Championships. To be honest with you, we just put some tape on it and we made it our own. We put we made our own nameplates and everything for it. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So, um, who are you guys eyeing next? Over- <laughs> if you want to go, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> we charge anybody anytime. So, uh, down in Alabama, down south, they have a different style type of wrestling and all that. Um, what's what's uh, you know Alabama wrestling like down south? Is there like a certain style to it, and um, how are the fans? Um. There's still uh, a lot of uh, gross butt stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, gross butt stuff around <laughs> And what we mean by that is, like, the people that are all, like, generic and, uh, <clears throat> they call it southern wrestling, where you don't do much and there's not any anything in tops uh, in terms of athleticism. I but hate that. I hate that so much. It's not our style. Exactly. But there's places like, oh, my God, there's places like, What's that one place? I beat. I beat all <laughs> places like places we wrestle at, like New Level. I beat my me. There's <laughs> there's New South, like places like that are kind of changing the atmosphere. Yeah, that, the atmosphere of wrestling. There's not really the Southern style is now kind of like beat my me. It's like outdone. Like nobody. Like people enjoy it, and I still I still enjoy it every once in a while myself. I don't, but I hate it. Another question. All right, another uh, question for you, Sean. Is do you think in today's wrestling, do you think there's a lot of lack of storytelling? 
That's pretty good as well. Um, so what? Um, how important do you think it is uh, doing promos? Uh, it seems like nowadays a lot of wrestlers just don't like to do promos. They just want to get in the ring and do their thing. Well, Kevin, do you have a thing on promos since you're promo guy? I'm just the guy who... If, if, so, like, promos are very, like, bobbleheads and banging. <laughs> promos are very... Uh, I don't know. They're like one of those things you can do or you can go without. You know, like to me, if you can tell your story in the ring, then do that. If you're more comfortable doing it that way, that's fine. But to make it and achieve the dream that you want to as a kid, you know, I mean, I don't know what everybody's dream is, but mine, along with Tom Christmas, is making it big, you know, making the big bucks and making the big money. But that also comes with probably three things that involve character, promos, and in-ring skill. That's just how it is. And for me... You can get, like, somebody very random. You can get some Joe Smo from North Carolina named Hunky Dory. And he'll cut the promo of a lifetime, and he'll get signed off that one promo. But you also have guys who come down south and wear all these britches and thinks it's just an amazing thing. You know, they'll cut these promos and just... You know, some guys, are, they cut promos, but they shouldn't cut them. But there's also guys who cut these promos, and it's just like, wow, these guys shouldn't even be in the ring. They should just be outside talking 24-7. So it's really all about how... I don't know. It's really all about how you feel comfortable. I don't think there's, I don't think promos have to be a thing in pro wrestling if you don't feel comfortable, but I also think if you're going to be a pro wrestler, you have to master the skill. You can do other things if you want, but promos are like commentators. They don't shoot promos. You can be a commentator. You can be a ring announcer. They don't do promos. You know, like it's just how you find your place in pro wrestling. It's just how you find yourself in pro wrestling. All right. So how important do you think uh, in ring psychology is? In-ring psychology? Yep. No, <clears throat> oh, in-ring psychology is, is where it's at. That's like number one on the priority list for sure. Because if you can't take all the cool stuff that you're doing and make it make sense inside the realm of professional wrestling, then I don't even get why. Why you're there, for real. Because uh, not only do fans look at that, but uh, people, as far as promoters and trainers and other wrestlers and things like that look at your matches and that's uh that's probably the number one thing that people look for is uh, a match that's psychologically sound so that's like number one for sure when it comes to my wrestling okay so where do you uh see wasted generation in 2019 and beginning of 2020 what do you got kevin where do you think everywhere okay that was boring I don't care. I don't think there's like limits on us. I think we're going to be everywhere and be on everything by the end of. Give us five years and we'll be signed. I'm calling it now. 
All right. Since you guys like wrestle a lot around the South and and a little bit in the Midwest, do you see your uh, guys going further out, like towards uh, you know the East Coast, the West Coast? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to make it big. I'm a buckaroo. I'm trying to be like you. I'm just trying to, I'll go to either coast. Like, that's Billy Currington. It's Billy Currington. I'm trying to go, like, I'll go East Coast. I'll go West Coast. We'll go wherever. Like, it's not, we don't have, like, a specific spot on the globe that we want to be at. We just know that where we want to be at is everywhere. So, um, have you been up to Ohio lately? What was that? Have you been up to Ohio lately? There's a lot of great promotions up in Ohio. I actually have not been to Ohio at all, Robin. You're supposed to, uh, you know, help a brother out, but you never did. Oh, yeah, I did. I, yes, I did. I told you to. to hey, Sean, I told you this. Stay around Ohio. Ohio. Guess I'll have to send you the information again. I told you to reach out to Bound on the Border. And um, another great promotion here outside in Cincinnati, you should reach out to Cody Hawk, who's trained a lot of big-name wrestlers that were in WWE and everywhere, um, Future Great Wrestling. That's another good promotion. I've heard of Cody Hawk. You heard of Cody Hawk? Yeah. He he? He trained uh, Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley. He trained Eli Drake. Um, He's trained, uh, you know, Pepper Parks, who was Braxton Sutter. He's trained a lot of uh, big uh, names and all that. And he has a promotion out in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio called Future Great Wrestling. You guys should uh, reach out to him and see if you guys can um, go over there and make a debut because he's always having different indie talent from all over showing up at that promotion. Oh man, we definitely be down for that for sure. Yeah, um, when I get off, um, I'll send you guys some uh, information, you know, so you can reach out to him and some great promotions up in Ohio. I would love to see you guys up in Ohio. That would be pretty good. And I did make a promise to you, Sean, that I need to come down to Alabama to go see you guys in action. That's true, you did, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I need to come down to Piedmont, Alabama. Piedmont, dude, my Piedmont. You don't want to come back there. That's the thing, dude. I know, so uh, how's uh, Ace Haven doing? Ace Haven, he's doing all right. I guess he's still running uh, on Piedmont. Uh, Post House now on <clears throat> YouTube Live. So that's like a step in the right direction for them to get their shows uh, seen by more eyes and things like that. So now you, you don't even have to come down to Piedmont or you can just watch it live at home every Friday night. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So where can everybody follow Savage Youth, Sean Christopher, and Kevin Ryan, The Wasted Generation? Who is that who wanted to give me that pie song? But you can follow the you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at d Kevin Ron. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter is at Sean underscore is underscore Savage, and then on Facebook Sean Christopher and Kevin Ron are the way to go. And I believe that's all the social medias that we have that we want to plug. Yep. Hey, like I said, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for coming back on, Sean. And also thank you, Kevin, for you guys, you know, coming out of your uh, busy schedule to come on to the podcast tonight. Of course, 
much, man. We'd be on here anytime. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. You can follow Wrestle Podcast at Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net, uh, Hitting the Marks Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can follow me at Facebook at WPopcast1 and on Facebook at Robin Nelson Wrestle Podcast. Everybody have a great evening. What's up, podcast listeners? This is Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, as well as HTM Sports, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Listen, if you love Robin's show, then chances are you'll enjoy ours as well. We talk a lot of Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, AEW, NXT, WWE, you name it, we've got you covered. So hit that subscribe button. Be sure that you catch the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the weekly flagship, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. This is another edition of Wrestle Popcast, and my guest on today is Damian Legion. How's it going? Uh, it's going good, but let me go ahead and correct you. It is the Damian Legion. All right. The Damian Legion. How's that? The one and only. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's going good. Sitting up in uh, American Pro Wrestling, Bowling Springs, South Carolina. Look. In my church right now, looking at my ring, getting ready to get this workout in, and talking to you. That's pretty good as well. Um, let's let's um, start back um, way before you became a pro wrestler as well. Um, tell me a little bit where you grew up at. Uh, from the uh, Low Country of South Carolina, we're from uh, Florence, South Carolina. Um, I lived there for about twenty-seven years before I moved to the Upstate. Uh, I started out as a, uh, as a musician, uh, 12 years old. I picked up the guitar for the first time and, um, you know, I can remember, I can go all the way back to date myself here. I can go back to 1987, um, when I saw Guns N' Roses on MTV for the first time. And uh, as soon as I saw Slash, man, that was it. That's what I wanted to be. And, uh, and I did that and, you know, I was a stick. Uh, you were a what? When uh, got my just good enough diploma and uh, ended up going to college at Atlanta to the music and um, did that for a uh, bass guitar and uh, yeah, man, played football. Always been in sports and stuff like that. Um, big, big, big Miami Dolphins fan. Big Miami Dolphins fan. So you you can tell in the and the the pressure in my voice, the amount of suffering I've had for. Past twenty years, <laughs> but um, but you know, uh, yeah, no, man, uh, come back from college and uh, and had started a family and um, you know, uh, from the fruit of my loins, Spark Kilgore, and uh, yeah, he's my he's my baby boy and uh, yeah, no, did that for a while and um, you know, worked odd jobs and. And that kind of thing. I was always into computers. I ended up uh, opening a recording studio in 2005, and I did that from 05 to 08. 
And then when the uh, stock market crashed and we all saw the recession, you know, people chose to, you know, buy groceries instead of $30 an hour for a studio fee. So I got in a truck driving. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I drove trucks for a little while. Uh, and uh got out of that. My uh, my mother ended up... Um, uh, ended up getting cancer, and uh, she moved to the upstate because of the cancer treatment centers up here. And I was looking to get out the truck driving business, and at the time I was living down in uh, Surfside, Mur- you know, Surfside Myrtle Beach, or Surfside, wherever you want to call it. And um, we, uh, uh, we moved up here, and yeah, uh, pretty much I was here for maybe... Maybe six, seven months, and we come to APW for the first time. I'd never, I'd been to uh, two WWE shows before that. Actually, go back to I think it was '94. I want to say the uh, week before the '94 Survivor Series, it was the Undertaker versus Yoko uh, casket match. We had, I had like twelve guys come out there and jump them and all that stuff. I actually got to see a house show the week before where the Undertaker and uh, Yoko uh, had a casket match, and the Undertaker actually won that one. So, so. <laughs> just a little weird history. But, um, you know, and I went to the uh, Beware of the Dog event where the lights went out, so I've never really had good luck with WWE events, but whatever it is. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, no, we come up here, and uh, at the time I weighed about 400 pounds, a big boy. And, uh, yeah, I've been looking for a reason, uh, you know, I had a reason, but looking for a way to actually lose some weight. Uh, my son, you know, he's, he's pretty much, uh, I get my name state because I took it, you know, as homage to him for helping me get into the business. You know, he kind of, he kept prodding me and prodding me. We need to do this. You need to do this. You know, you need to do it. Underlining, you know, hey, I want to get in the business someday. So you need to go ahead and get the head start for me. And, uh, yeah, no, I got in and, um, you know, uh, started training and I initially trained with a gentleman named Timmy Anton, goes by Eric Anton. And around here, uh, he did the, he he went by the name Morbid for a long time. Wrestled a lot up in your area, Ohio, uh, as well. But, um. Yeah, no, he, uh, he looked at me flat about my second session whenever I'm taking flip bumps and I'm pretty much going from turnbuckle to turnbuckle. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And uh, he said, yeah, I don't know if you're going to make it, kid. I'm going to be honest with you. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I took that, put that chip on my shoulder, and then promptly, I think it was two weeks later, I ripped my MCL. And that took me out for a couple months. And, and just hit YMCA twice a day and, you know, just busting my butt, and eventually, you know, the weight started coming off slowly but surely, and you can go back on, uh, you can go back on YouTube or some of my old pictures, you'll see me where I was probably at about 340, 350 wrestling, and, uh, yeah, I was a big boy. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, and I've been doing this ever since, man, uh, the MCL ended up being a, um, more of a blessing than a curse. I mean, you know, I still, still, yeah, you know, still feel it every once in a while. But for the most part, man, you know, I'm still kicking like greasy fried chicken over here. You know, we uh, 
still running with these 18-year-olds and blowing them up. You know, like I like to tell my greenhorns, they visit my trash can. And, uh, yeah, no, man, we've just been, just been consistent. You know, I've been doing this now eight years. I got into business. I was, uh, this was kind of like a midlife crisis for me, you know, I guess. Uh, yeah, I got in at 31. You know, so I was real late to the game. Um, yeah, my, yeah, advantage, my son can pretty much, you know, he was 11, 12 years old when he started, uh, you know, quote unquote, putting in his dues. Um, <clears throat> the first year in the business I had, uh, a lot of it was me putting in mine. I, I do film work on the side, stuff like that. Nothing, you know, nothing professional, but, you know, I, I, I film cut. I use, um, like pro director and stuff like that. And, I, and uh, with Chief, I told him, I said, the first year, I, you know, because Timmy had asked me, he said, look, stay here for a year, <clears throat> take your lumps, you know, and um, I'd feel more comfortable with you going out after about a year. And I always respected that. I always thought that was pretty cool because there's a lot of trainers that, you know, they'll just send you to the sharks. You know, just get out of my hair. You done paid me. I'm good. You know, Timmy was always real cool with that. So uh, I stayed here for about a year. I filmed every every uh, every weekend. Uh, my son, he'd sit on, uh, we had a like a big, you know, uh, stand that we'd put him on and he'd run hard cam. And uh, he would, you know, go to the training sessions with us. And uh, we were training pretty much about four days a week. Um, ended up hooking up with the guy that continued being my trainer, which was, um, it goes by Elite 19. And uh, I ended up um, working with him while he had a ring at his house. And uh, as his own little old school way of doing things, he would make all of us, put the ring together, train for about three, four hours, take the ring down. And we did that about three days a week. And then when we got to come up here to APW and train, rings already put together. So it was almost kind of like a reprieve whenever you come up here. Uh, but, you know, it was one of them deals where it kind of, um, uh, it kind of helped cultivate that, you know, that respect for the business, uh, you know, the stuff that you guys need to do. Um, you know, it's not a should, it's a need. You should, you know, you should need to do that. You should need to be able to, be, you know, I firmly believe every wrestler needs to know how to put together a ring. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, the only undefeated thing in pro wrestling is the ring. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, man, uh, got into it that way, and then kind of the leap took over to training, and uh, he, you know, he was a little bit more old school, southern kind of uh, training, and um, a lot of bumps, you know, a lot of running, you know, a lot of, a lot of days out in the hot, you know, summer sun, <laughs> working in a ring. Um, but, yeah, not all that helped, and then, you know, we started – working on a regular basis and, you know, taking my lumps and all that good stuff. And then by my second year in the business, I, you know, I was, uh, per my agreement, yeah, I went out and I started uh, booking up other shows and I linked up with a uh, group of guys. Uh, we ended up going by Eagle Link. Um, but my buddy uh, Matt Burns and uh, Rach Davidson, they kind of helped out on a couple of my first outside shows and really, uh, you know, kind of 
they had been running the roads for years and years and years and years. You know, Matt Burns' first match ever was against a one-man gang. You know, and he said, man, that dude killed me. But, you know, and he said, you know, so he kind of helped me, you know, guide me on, you know, this is, you know, some of the guys you want to talk to, you know. Um, and, yeah, yeah, just kind of uh, started started going from there and, yeah, been doing it ever since. Um, you know, constantly training, constantly working out. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm 39, so to keep up with these young bucks, I gotta, you know, I gotta work twice as hard to get, you know, half the result. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I like to think I I work as hard as anybody that's you know doing this on a on a you know, financial level where they can, you know, support and prop themselves in this business, which is where we, you know, hopefully can get to at least one day, um, you know, and then or die try. Hey, that's pretty good as well. Um, also, um, you got in a ring with a lot of, you know, uh, legends in the ring. I mean, you worked with uh, Scott Steiner. You had an awesome match with the Barbarian. And you also got into um, in a match with uh, Sam Houston. Tell me a little bit about you getting in the ring with Sam Houston. Uh, it was kind of out of nowhere. Um, it, was, uh, it was with EWF. I was the uh, heavyweight champ. And uh, they had brought Sam in for a shot, and they wanted um, they were helping to prop me, you know, helping to helping to build my name. And uh, so, yeah, you know, brought him in. Um, I shut up and listened, you know. Well, you know, like I told Scott Steiner, I'm here to play your greatest hits. Tell me what you want to do, you know. And that's that's kind of take that outlook with those, you know, those older seasoned guys that have been doing this for a minute, and you know they. You know, with Sam, he was real easy and you know, liked to talk, you know, to talk about the old days. He didn't really call much. We called a finish. And um, that was about it. You know, go out there, have fun. Uh, you know, he kind of, yeah, of course, you know, being the older vet, you know, hey, you leave, you tell me where you want me to do, you know, where you want me to go. And then, you know, of course, he was, he was you know, cool enough to let me get some bone stuff in. And, you know, uh, yeah, no, it was neat. It was neat. It was, um, you know, I've got to, uh, him and Bill Eady are a lot alike. I worked Bill Eady, uh, at a show in, uh, for Action Mike Jackson in Alabama. And, um, yeah, it was very similar, you know, how they kind of operate. Uh, Ricky Morton, all of them are all kind of about the same when it comes to that, you know, just, you know, we're caught in the rain or, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, it'll be very easy. And it always is, you know, it's a piece of advice for the youngins, you know, just listen. Soak your ears and listen. Yeah, them caps up, yeah. But then also, too, you know, you gotta, you gotta listen to that crowd, you know, especially when you work in, um, you know, uh, more legend talent, older talent. You know, they're, you know, some of these guys are getting up there and they're not trying to go out there and run 300 spots and, you know, look like Pentagon Jr. You know, they're trying to go out there and sell the story, you know, get that story over and, you know, do a couple of things in between there. And then, you know, everybody gets out you know, safe and happy and the crowd's happy. So, you, you know, most for the most part, that's kind of what it was with Sam. You know, let's go out there, let's be safe, let's have fun. Um, it's going to be very, you know, very easy. You know, we're going to sell this story. And that's, that's what we went out there and did. Um, 
you know, I'm sure I'm not his best match ever, and it, you know, wasn't a five star by no stretch. But you know, stuff like that, you know, matches like that help me to learn. So you know, later on, I can pass that information on uh, to any trainee that I get, or you know, uh, just you know, a pro wrestler that you know has a question about working an older legend, you know, especially a guy like Sam. And yeah, Sam was real cool to my real cool to my wife. Um, you know, she'd only been in the business at that point, I think about a year. And, um, you know, kind of lean her on some information, you know, that he had, you know, through the years, you know, like working totally and all that, you know, yeah, you know, his, his female managers and, uh, you know, um, you know, guys like Kevin and his, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Sullivan. And his managers, you know, uh, you know just kind of lean on some information. And, uh, yeah, she's uh, still, to this day, one of my wife's favorite matches. Oh, that's pretty good my as daughter. well. Let's talk about your wife. Uh, she goes by Valiant Envy. Um, and you said, you know, she was in the business as well. And she's out right now, too. So um, how did you meet uh, Envy and how did it all come to be? Uh, we met at a job that I worked at. Um uh, I used to build servers for a living, <laughs> and uh, we worked in this uh, kind of big, I don't know exactly what you call it, it's almost like a uh, prep and package company, and uh, she was working on one of the lines, and I was working on the other line building servers, and uh, we met at the water fountain, and um, yeah, no, man, we, uh, we started dating, I was... Um, separated from my now ex-wife at the time and uh we were going through that divorce process and yeah me and uh me and envy met and we started dating and you know uh, about two years later we ended up getting married we've been you know been good ever since i ain't never really had an argument you know and of course we have disagreements i can't stand the music she listens to she really don't like the music i listen to <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that that's about as far as the disagreements go. So if that's as bad as it gets, that's pretty good. And um, yeah, no, we um, you know we had we blended families. You know, I have two stepchildren <clears throat> with my wife. Um, one of them, he's a um, he's a in training wrestler. Got a kid named Matt Savage, and uh, then I got a little man, JJ, and uh, he's my six year old stepson. And yeah, man, um, you know, integrated families and, you know, uh, so yeah, and I got a whole bunch of kids. <laughs> I bet you. Um, no, <laughs> I've got, well, myself, I have four children. I have two stepchildren. I have two grandchildren and I have one grandchild on the way. All right. Good for you. And, um, also let's talk about, um, Jay Eagle. Uh, the oldest living relic in pro wrestling. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Jay Eagle. <laughs> That's my man. That's my man. I love Jay Eagle. He's, he's good people. He's he's one of the few promoters that, and there's a lot, you know, just as it is with any promoter, there's going to be heat with some people. Some people are not going to be heat. That's just how it is in this business. Um. You know, but Jay's been doing it now. God, I don't know the exact amount of years. I want to say 43. Um, you know, uh, classically, 
you know, he's, he's known for uh, just being eagle. He is one of a kind in this business. I've, I've met a lot of really cool people in this business, a lot of big names. I've only ever met one Jake. He is one of a, he's one of a damn guy. Um, <laughs> nicely put, he is one of a kind. He, uh, yeah, like I'm sitting here right now and, uh, in APW, what he's done, he's over the years, he's collected, uh, wrestling flyers from us every show he's ever been on and or shows that he's put together and done. And I sit here and I can look at these flyers and I mean, it's name after name after name after name. I, it's, you know, it's just pretty crazy to look at. If you ever look at some of the APW pictures, you'll see all the flyers on the wall and then there's more in the back. And then if you go to his house, he's got more in his building out there. And it's just, it, it amazes me how many people this dude's actually wrestled. Uh, you know, the, the promotions he's been a part of. Um, famously, he helped break the one-man gang. Uh, he took him, he took him to meet Randy Savage and, you know, he said, look, I got a 400 pounder and throw a drop kick. The six foot eight. Randy said, please bring him. And, um, you know, he, uh, he run the outlaw promotions with Savage for a while and, uh, you know, famously teamed up with Wahoo McDaniel, which I tell him, the day he dies, the only thing I ever want in the will, he's got a Miami Dolphins football card with Wahoo McDaniel on the wall. I said, that's the only thing I want. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's a great story. I definitely. Oh, yeah, I look at it every time I walk in here. I'm like, man, just, <laughs> just give me a card, Chief. Uh, <laughs> uh, it'll probably go to his family, but I'm at least get a picture of it. But, um, nah, man, Chief, Chief, Chief. It does a lot for guys, man. There's a lot of cats that, you know, whatever it is, politics, um, you're not in the good old boys club or you're not in this clique or you're not in that clique or guys that just, you know, they need, they need work. They need to learn how to do this business. He at least gives them an opportunity. You know, I, I don't get a hold of all of them. You know, to get the train stuff like that. You know, I get the ones that you know want to come in here and want to train. Some of them they train outside of the promotion. You know, you know, but he gives guys a chance. You know, you may only get one of them if you're bad, but you know he'll at least give you a chance to come in here. And it's it's a fairly open product uh, over here. He you know lets guys just kind of you know what's your character, be your character. You know, we'll just kind of see how it is from there. Um, and, you know, if you go, uh, I don't know if it's any kind of record anything, but at one time, APW was the longest running continuous show in the United States, independent show. Wow. Uh, that's... He's doing, yeah, he's been doing APW in some way, shape, or form, I want to say since 1998. Don't hold me to that. I might be wrong, but I know it's been 98, 97, somewhere around in there. And, uh, you know, he's been on TV, you know, now he does, it's just kind of a local show. He's got, you know, somewhat of a, he, he's got some built-in crowd that's been there all the way since the beginning. And then, you know, like tonight, we're expecting a huge house. We got two busloads of, um, it's a, a church out of, uh, Charleston. 
that's coming up. There's two busloads of kids uh, on top of our normal crowd, on top of new people coming in. We've got uh, Jay Batista, um, which he looks a lot like Dave Batista. Uh, we got Jay Batista versus uh, uh, Dirty. And they're going to be a uh, main event tonight. Then you got the real main event, Victim of the Fall, my tag team, versus the uh, Perfect Storm for the straps tonight. And, uh, yeah, now we're looking to have a packed house. Uh, this building holds about 250 max. And uh, we look forward to be standing room only tonight. So, yeah, man, he's, he's, I think he just turned 66. My chief just turned 66, and, uh, you know, he still wants to get back on TV, wants to, you know, he was doing the Facebook Live stuff for a while, uh, and then we stopped doing it, and he's thinking about going back to it, and hadn't made a decision yet, but, um, you know, it's a, it's an every week show, he gives, he gives people around here, you know, a reason to have something fun to take their families to on a Saturday night, uh, that's why he called it Saturday Night Tradition, every Saturday night. Well, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good as well. Um, about that, Jay Eagle, I'll definitely have to have him on the podcast and pick his brain of all of his historical stuff too. Oh my, oh my God, he will talk your ear off. I promise. Oh, I bet he will. And those are the kind I like because he really can pop up the stories as well. And also, um, you have a son that's in the business as well, and he's part of your tag team, which you were speaking of, victim of the fall. So um, when he first got into training, you gave him his first chop as well. So uh, what what's it like to work with your son Kilgore in the ring? Um. Well, uh, he started out, man. Um, you know, when I he was loosely training when I first started training. You know, he kind of get in, feel, you know, fill the waters out, so to speak. Uh, so you know, for about that first year or so, you know, he was kind of. You know, he can bump a little bit, he can run a little bit, you know, he'd do a couple things here and there. Um, then we ramped up his training a little bit. Um, he started actually, I want to believe his first match was with me, and it was in North Carolina. And uh, it was under a mask gimmick. I won't say which one he is because he, uh, you know, he still wants to bring that, he still wants to bring that out. Okay. Uh, and, you know, later on, but, um, he did a little mask gimmick, and, uh, yeah, that was his first real chop in the ring, you know, and then uh, that was just kind of a welcome. You know, it didn't mess up, didn't do anything, you know, just had a nice little, just a nice little chop to the chest, say, morning, and uh, <laughs> welcome to the business. Um, it was all good fun. But, um, yeah, no, he um, now he had a couple setbacks. He had a, uh, he was actually walking home from school, uh, one day and there was a blind man curve and he got hit by a car. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Sid Vicious injury where he tried to do like a single leg bicycle kick or something stupid off the top rope and he landed on the one leg and uh-huh. like splintered his shin. Um, my son had that same exact injury. Uh, when he got hit by the car, essentially his shin had splintered on the inside. So it didn't, uh, it didn't protrude the skin, but on the inside it completely splintered and broke. Uh, so that took him down for a while. Then he had to put, you know, had to have a growth plate put on it. And the, uh, the growth plate itself kind of started bothering him real bad because he could feel the bolts 
last three years now, he's been steadily training with me, you know, uh, like I said, you know, three days a week at least uh, with me. And, um, you know, he did the, uh, he was in a tag team called Hearts and Hugs for a little while. And, uh, you know, I broke him loose from uh, that swine, Ryan Manis. And, uh, and uh, you know, pretty much, man, he's been going with me. And, uh, you know, one thing he got into, he kind of got me into it. I mean, I watched it some when I was younger, uh, just because I thought it was just weird wrestling. I didn't really know what it was, but I was damn big. We're both big fans of world of sport. Anything from about 1970 to 1985. And um, big, big Jim Brakes fan. And he uh, he kind of introduced reintroduced me to that. Uh, we started studying that as much as we could. You know, got into the uh, got into a lot of the you know Lucha Libre and Japanese and uh, stuff like that. Because before I was just kind of doing monster heel kind of you know stuff. And um, ended up really just getting to that and immersing myself, and that actually ramped up my training, you know, because I wanted to do you know, certain things that I want to be able to accomplish in the ring. And uh, yeah, yeah, we kind of do it together, man. Uh, you know, it's a team effort. You know, he's uh, man, he works his butt off. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He loves this business. You know, wants to wants to succeed in it. You know, as you know, as badly as somebody can want to succeed in it, um, and works hard, man. Every time he's uh, every time he's put on the spot to go out there and put in a good performance, he he puts in a killer performance. And uh, man, nothing but uh, nothing but compliments from some of these older cats that he gets to work. And you know, he uh, he works hard, man. He's a humble kid and he works hard. You know, and that's that's. And that's all I can ask, to be honest with you. Because like I said, I'm 39, man, trying to keep up with these young bucks. You know, so, you know, he's my measuring stick a lot of times. Um, you know, we get in here, and when I can blow him up, well, it's a good feeling. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't all the time, but there are some times that I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll outrun him. And, um, but, yeah, man, it's got a very unique mood set. Um He's got a different way he thinks about, you know, how things should be, or, you know, within his psychology. And, um, yeah, no, he's, he's pounding the pavement, man, pounding the pavement, you hey, know, being a worker, doing his thing. That's pretty awesome. You get to uh, tag with your son in the ring as well. That has to be great. I mean, there's a few, you know, father-son uh, wrestlers out there as well. And also, um, I got a couple more questions for you as well. Um, for the uh, people who are not familiar with you, um, tell me a little bit about the Damien Legion. The Damien Legion is a descendant of the great Francis Marion. Our family is a descendant of great Francis Marion. If you're not familiar with Francis Marion, they called him the Swamp Fox. Because whenever the uh, when the brown coat rebels back in the uh, Revolutionary War, whenever they would red coats would come in and they had to go crossing through the swamps of South Carolina, you know, trying to gain footholds. <clears throat> the great Francis Marion was a uh, he was your first real guerrilla warfare commander in the United States. Our family is descended from that 
the swamps. We, you know, they call us low country flatlanders. Um, you know, this ain't a, this ain't your typical monster gimmick where I'm going to go out there and go booga, wooga, wooga. And, uh, you know, just try and get a cheap pop for the crowd. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe in the, I don't believe in having to use religion or any kind of cheap heat to get anything over. I use my mind and my words. And, uh, you know, how I look at society today is a lot of times how Damien, the Damien Legion looks at, you know, the society of the crowd or the, you know, how the crowd intakes everything. And then, you know, he, you know, the, the mask and the paint and the helmet and all that, you know, all that's nothing more than a representation of the disgusting individuals that come out here and pay me money to see me. That's the Daniel Legion. Oh, wow. That's a great story as well. I love it. That's pretty cool. Um, also, where can everybody find you on social media so they know what you're going to be up next, up to next? All right. So you got uh, on Twitter, it's at Victim of the Ball Pro Wrestling. Um, on uh, Facebook, you the Damien Legion. Uh, you got Victim of the Ball Pro Wrestling on uh, Facebook. We're on Snapchat. Instagram, it's all going to be, you know, the uh, <clears throat> the tag, the Damien Legion or Victim of the Fall Pro Wrestling. We are available and ready to book all across the United States. And any promoters that hear this, you want some, come get some. And yeah, we come in professional attitude, work ethic, and uh, man, we come in to, to put the show over and to make sure that the match gets over. You know, it's not about individual accolades. You know, if it was that, then you know I'd stay singles. You know, we um, yeah, man, it's uh, all your platforms. You know, either be Damian Legion or at Victim of the Fall Pro Wrestling. And uh, yeah, no, we uh, you come hit us up. That's so pretty good. Plenty of footage, more footage coming out weekly. You know, we do. We do uh, vignettes. We do, you know, stick work. Doesn't matter. Hey, that's pretty good as well. Um, and then one more question before we get off. Um, I saw a picture of you for a big guy. I saw you do like a, uh, you know, like a super kick to one of your opponents in the ring, man. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, uh, well, I took a, I took a light form of kickboxing for, uh, I want to say probably about 10 years. It was for my, um, nothing. Nothing, you know, school-wise, professional, nothing like that. It was a, I have a friend back home, and his father uh, was a Green Beret, and he was a cop. And uh, he had broke his back in the line of service, and he, uh, he, you know, he did defensive training, kickboxing, and standard American-style kickboxing, and a lot of stuff that they teach in the Green Beret. And he, uh, we would go over there every weekend, and, you know, we would take a couple hours, and we always did a lesson every weekend. And, um, you know, so he, he initially got me kind of into, you know, martial arts somewhat. Uh, and then, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, I'm, um, I'm pretty flexible, dude, you know. To, to, you know, I'm, I'm walk around at 217, uh, so I think I appear a little bit bigger on camera than I probably am, but, you know, 5'9", <laughs> 217. Yeah. And, um, now nah, I got, uh, just, I got good hips. 
<laughs> hey, that's great. And for a guy your size to be able to do that, I saw that picture and my jaw dropped. I mean, boy, a big guy like that could do that. I was like, man, I'm going to have to definitely ask him that. That was just very impressive for a guy your size. I mean, it's like, wow. Well, and it was, uh, was kind of odd placement, too, because whenever I shot into the ring, that's uh, that was the night that uh, Ryan Manis got put down like the dog that he is. And uh, <laughs> uh, Kilgore officially took on the color as a victim of the fall. But um, uh, for UCW <laughs> Universal Championship Wrestling, but, um, yeah, no, it was kind of weird because whenever I shot in, he was a little close and I had the, uh, I had to kind of grab the rope real quick just to, you know, get my place right. And, uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't think I threw it quite as good as I did. I was like, man, yeah, make, you know, make contact. It, it should be okay. It should be okay. <laughs> and then, uh, when we saw the pictures back, we were like, wow, looks like a Mortal Kombat deal. So. Yeah, no, man. We, uh, I've been throwing that kick for years. It's just, you know, people just getting to see it now, but that's, you know, I've, I've started over the years incorporating more of the martial arts in, into my program as opposed to what I used to do. Um, you know, and that, you know, uh, for a couple of years, you know, just trying to figure out, because martial arts, uh, to me anyway, you know, most other, you know, people is probably very, very simple for them or whatever for me it was always hard to kind of figure out good ways to incorporate it and you know be safe um and you know, ultimately that's the whole deal because everybody needs to get home so they can go to work monday and um you know trying to figure out how to throw kicks like that and be safe and not seriously knock somebody's head off because uh, i got a couple other kicks i throw too that's taking me you know time to develop you know some of them y'all haven't seen or, you know, stuff that I, you know, because we're not going to show everything, every match. So, you know, there's 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 still a lot of tools in the toolbox I hadn't even busted out yet. So it's, it's always a, uh, it's always a, a ongoing evolution and process, but especially with the kicks, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, I'm always trying to get more flexible if I can, you know, um, one of my workout routines is, you know, starting out with 50 kicks per leg, and it's usually, you know, like rainbow hooks, or, you know, I'll run the, uh, what I call that side to lock kick, or, you know, we like to call the Booker T kick here. Uh, it kind of looks like the old Booker T, you know, he'd take the arm and wrench it and pop you with that gimmick. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's ongoing, man. It's always evolving, but yeah, no, I appreciate that. We, uh, no like i said that was very impressive for a guy your size i i was just at ah but anyways uh thank you so much for coming out of your business not business i mean busy time to come on and share your story it it, it was a pleasure oh man i appreciate the platform and i appreciate you you know, looking out for, you know, some of these younger cats, you know, that may not get, the, you know, may not get all the press. And if they can, uh, you know, get off your butts, contact the man, you know, let, you know, let them interview you, let, you know, tell your story, tell your story. Cause that's the only way we're going to get across to people is to get our story out. And, then, you know, hopefully there's someone getting some inspiration off of it or, you know, 
you know, just wants to come see your product because they like the way you talk. You know what I'm saying? I like to think I got a slick, smooth, southern voice, so hopefully most of the cats will listen to it and they'll be like, hey, man, I want to see this tag team. I want to see this dude dang it. I want to see who Kilgore's about, you know? And that's, you know, ultimately, man, I, I wish there was a little bit more brotherhood in the business, brother. You know, um, yeah, a lot of times, you know, you see a, yeah, a lot of me, 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 and then the guys that really do truly, you know, respect it and, you know, pop that, you know, brotherhood, you know, those are the ones that'll be there for life. You know, the other ones are just the jackasses, you know, that want to be jackasses just for the sake of being a jackass. Hey. You know, and I can't say that I've met a lot of them, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not blind to social media either. You know, so, I mean, you see a lot of it out there and, uh, you know, just a lot of stupid stuff. So when you find, when you find cats, man, that'll actually help, help cultivate you. And, you know, just like you, you know, you're doing an indie podcast. You ain't got to, man. You probably got 20 other things that you could be doing on a Saturday, but you choose to spend some time talking to an indie pro wrestler that's a couple hundred miles away from you, you know, and you trying to help business in your own way. And that's always cool. So, yeah. All right. Get off your butt. <laughs> wrestle at the uh, Wrestle Pop one. Am I correct? Uh, it's uh, it's 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 Wrestle Popcast is the name of my uh, podcast. But on Facebook, it's Wrestle Popcast one, where you can find me, and then you can also listen to my episodes uh, Wrestle Popcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast. Uh, Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net and all those great platforms out there. And like I said, thank you so much. And everybody else, have a great weekend.